John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. This is the passage that we are going to uh, take a few moments to reflect on this morning. So uh, I invite you to open a Bible. If you don't have one, you're welcome to use uh, one of the Bibles in the pew racks. Last week, we looked at the first 13 verses of John chapter 1, and our focus was on the true light, Jesus being the true light. This morning, we're going to look at verses 13 through 18, with the focus being on the word became flesh. So let me read um, these verses for us. John 1, 14 through 18. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him no. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, open the word to us that we might enter in to the, into the story that it tells. I pray that you would give us the faith to believe what is in this passage and that you would give us the grace and empowerment to live it out. We pray that you would work in our hearts and our minds wherever we are this morning, believing, disbelieving, or unsure of what we believe. We pray that you would Open our eyes to Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Why do the holiday lights stop downtown? Why do the holiday lights stop downtown? This is a question that one activist in Chicago recently asked earlier this month. You see, community activists from my block, my hood, my city, we're um, nearing the completion of efforts earlier this month when this article was written to round up volunteers to hang lights um, throughout King Drive in Chicago as a symbolic effort of trading trauma for hope. Here is what one woman in the article said. Our hopes are to light up King Drive. One of, to be a part of the light campaign, I'm sorry, our hopes are to light up King Drive, said Jamal Cole, one of the be a part of the light campaign organizers. Almost 1,000 people have helped so far. We want to replace the trauma with hope. Sadly, King Drive in Chicago is a place that is marked by crime, by violence, and by lots of Trauma, but more than 10 Chicago neighborhoods across King Drive came together for this effort. Cole goes on to say, Our want is to inspire people. Hanging lights is just an excuse to bring people together. Why do the holiday lights have to stop downtown? For these community activists, the hanging of lights is symbolic. You heard uh, this person in the interview say as much. It's symbolic, it, it represents Hope, that is the intention behind these efforts, to represent hope in the midst of trauma, to represent hope in a dark and hopeless environment. The incarnation, 
God coming uh, down in flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ, is also meant to represent hope. It's meant to represent hope in the midst of a world that often feels hopeless. And so as we ponder the incarnation, this incredible reality, this good news that God has taken on human flesh for our good, I want us to think about two things. I want us to to think about how it points us to the way of God and how it points us to a way of life. The way of God. You notice John, uh, as he begins in verse 14, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is not the first time in this chapter uh, that John uses that word, word. Uh, the, the Greek word is actually logos. Maybe you've heard that before. If you look at the beginning of this gospel, how John starts this story about Jesus, he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, John is doing something very uh, creative here, very intentional that we might miss. You see, the word logos in ancient culture carried a lot of philosophical baggage. Uh, Greek philosophy was really dedicated to trying to figure out the meaning of life. That's nothing new, is it? Uh, it's not only were Greek philosophers trying to figure out uh, the meaning of life, we're trying to figure out the meaning of life on a daily basis. But the Greek philosophers in particular gave themselves to this ambition of trying to figure out what the purpose of life is all about. What is ultimate truth? And they use this term logos, which means something like wisdom, to speak to this idea that there is a organizing principle, that there is um, a a purpose uh, in the universe. And so John picks up on this. John wants to talk about the meaning of life as well, but John doesn't want to talk about the meaning of life in some abstract philosophical sense. John wants to talk about the meaning of life fleshed out in the everyday stuff of life. And so what he does here in the first few verses, and then again in chapter, in verse 14, where he says, the word became flesh. I want you to just think about what John's doing here. What John is doing uh, to the audience, original audience that he was writing to is saying, all right, you know about Lagos. You know about this abstract concept that there is some organizing principle that gives meaning and purpose to life, that there is wisdom out there for us to know and access. John says, well, guess what? It's not impersonal. It's not abstract. It's actually personal and it's concrete. And Jesus is the Lagos. So God, in the person of Jesus Christ, in the incarnation, is embodying wisdom. He's bringing the things that we often seem are disconnected from us, abstract, you know, all this philosophical discussion about the meaning of life. In the person of Jesus, God is bringing all of that into the real world environment of our lives. I don't want you to overlook the claim that is being made here in John 1, the claim that is really being made in the biblical Christmas story, that the baby in the manger, he is God. He is God. Jesus fleshes out who God is. You you heard those words at the end of this passage. No one has ever seen John, uh, God, John writes, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made 
him known. This is remarkable. Because I want to suggest to you that deep down inside, every one of us is longing, and not only longing, we are reaching for the divine. It doesn't matter to me what your belief system is. It doesn't matter what you're organizing your life around. But I really believe that each and every one of us, deep down inside, we are reaching out for the divine. We are reaching out for lagos, aren't we? We're reaching out for that meaning, for that purpose. We, we want to know that life has meaning. And here, John is saying, you can't figure that out on your own. It's too far above you. But God has brought it near. He has made it real. Jesus fleshes out who God is. God joined himself to humanity in a teenage girl's womb. I know, it's hard to believe, but the Bible unashamedly makes this claim. Jesus is both 100% God, 100% human. It's messy, it's awkward, hard to believe, and yet, according to the Bible, it is true. That's the claim. Most heresies in the early church arose because this teaching was far too awkward and messy. There were so many in the early church, as there are today, who would react to this and say, there's no way that could be real. There's no way that could be true. But that's the point of Christianity. The point, uh, Christianity makes us feel awkward. It, it enters into the mess of life. And we should suspect that the heart of the Christian faith is a message that we could not predict, a message that we a truth that we cannot figure out on our own. And that really is the incarnation, isn't it? God, Jesus fleshes out who God is. In another one of his writings, John says this about Jesus. That which was from the beginning, he's doing the same thing that he, that he does here at the start of his gospel, which we have heard, he says, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, Concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life. You catch that? John is saying that this, the incarnation was something tangible. We, we actually heard Jesus. We, we saw Jesus. We touched Jesus. The incarnation makes God tangible. It, it, it makes God relatable as God comes near to us. And so this message of the incarnation is not uh, just simply a, a message of some distant spirituality. It's rooted in history. Uh, like, whether you agree or not, I want you to hear this morning that the Christian faith, the, the, the Christmas story, is based on the claims of history. It's not just seem, some spiritual invention. So God's way... The way of God is surprising. It involves God coming to us. And that really brings us to the heart of what's happening at the Christmas story. We are unable to access Lagos on our own. You see, the reason that we have that, the deep drive to reach out and touch the divine, um, to, to try to figure out meaning and purpose, part of that is that it's just been built into us as humans but the other reason is because of the world in which we find ourselves. A world where there is so much trauma. A world that is filled with brokenness. A world that is filled 
with violence. Uh, a world in which in the everyday stuff of life, in our own personal circumstances, so many things happen to us that are discouraging. And so for all of these reasons, we want it to be made right. But here's the thing. We cannot make it right on our own. We cannot rescue ourselves. God has come to us in Jesus to provide the rescue ultimately from our sin and its consequences that we need. Lastly, a way of life. So the way of God is God coming to us, making himself tangible, relatable. The way of life has to do with how we respond to this and live our own lives. I could ask it this way. Our vision uh, is that we exist as a church to fill our diverse communities with the presence of Jesus. How are we going to fill our communities with the presence of Jesus? Our mission talks about embodying God's story together in the everyday stuff of life. How are we going to do that? You see, these, the, uh, the, the words that are used in our vision and our mission are meant to bring us back to the, the fact that the Christian faith is not just simply something that's to be believed, Although it is, it's something to be lived. It's something to be fleshed out. This is the way of God. Do you see the connection here? The way of God is not just simply to give us abstract knowledge and truth, but the way of God is for himself even to flesh it out in reality for us. And now he calls us as his people. How are we going to make him known in the world around us, in our diverse communities? By fleshing out who Jesus is is. Natasha Moore is a research fellow at the Center for Public Christianity, and she says this, Christmas is God breaking ranks and doing vulnerable first, making it safe for us. There are few more absolute pictures of vulnerability than a newborn. Christmas invites us into a new honesty with ourselves, with one another, with the God who chooses to be vulnerable. In the midst of this Christmas season, if nothing else, reflect on this truth that God was willing to make himself vulnerable for us. Doesn't mean that he gave up all of the power that is rightfully his. It doesn't mean that he uh, became less than God. It means that he chose to use his power in a form of weakness for our good. And so as we reflect on the incarnation, this way of God, God making himself vulnerable among us, and think about it, this is how life works in terms of approaching someone. Who are the people that you're most willing to approach, especially when it comes to maybe sharing your own vulnerability and honesty in life? It's somebody who is willing to be vulnerable with you, isn't it? And this is the God of the Bible. He invites us to come. And he says, it's okay, it's safe, I, I, I've made it safe for you by Jesus dying on the cross for you, absorbing the wrath of the Father, I've made it safe for you to come, you have access to me, I have come near to you, I now invite you to come near to me, you have nothing to hide any longer. Vulnerability, God chooses to make himself vulnerable among us. So how in this, as we look ahead to the new year, how are we going to fill our diverse communities with the presence of Jesus? How are we going to embody God's story together in the everyday stuff of life? 
It's going to be by choosing vulnerability. Vulnerability is scary, isn't it? Vulnerability is scary. Vulnerability means that we uh, approach ministry from a posture of weakness, not power. And so what this means for us in the new year is that we have to lean into Jesus. We have to really believe what we say that we believe, that Jesus is enough, that he is sufficient, that our trust is not in a president, and that we're not going to choose power for political expediency. If Jesus is really this one, if Jesus really is God, who entered in, who came in to this world to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, the question is, can't he really be trusted? Can't we give our fears to him and be willing to go out into this world in vulnerability from a posture of weakness in order to flesh out who God is? Let me tell you that at least among my neighbors here in the Cool Spring Tilton neighborhood, among the people that I live, they are, I could say, suspicious of power and power being used, particularly by Christians. And this breaks my heart. And so how are we going to break through? How am I going to break through among my neighbors to flesh out who Jesus is? Through weakness. Through taking the approach that God took for us in being willing to give up power in order to serve and to provide rescue. And we point people to the rescue of Jesus at the heart of this Christmas message as we reflect on the incarnation and the way of God, but as we seek to make this a way of life for ourselves. Let's pray. Jesus, help us to believe the incarnation. Help us to believe your word. I pray that you would grant us a radical trust in you. I pray that you would remove our fears, whatever they might be, and enable us to step out into the world confidently because you really have come, because you have made yourself known. Help us as your people to fill our diverse communities with the presence of Jesus. Help us to choose vulnerability and weakness over power. And I pray that as we do that, we would experience the riches of the gospel, that we would experience the breadth and depth of the gospel in ways that we never did before. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.